Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. This morning, Scripture comes from the book of John, chapter 8, so if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn there. If not, the words will also be up here on the screen. And I know for many of you, this may be a story that you've heard time and time again, or maybe this is your first time, but I truly believe that no matter how many times we read the same story in Scripture, God always shows us something different. So let's be open to that this morning. Now here's what it says. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus says, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. On your way down, touch your neighbor. Tell him, hey, say, have a little courage. Okay, nobody did it. I'm going to try that again. Touch your neighbor and say, have a little courage. Ooh, that was better. Here we go, church. We're awake this morning. <clears throat> Man, this, this sermon, as Pastor Aaron said, I give props to pastors because coming up with two sermons, I even had a week off to do it, but it is a lot of work. But this one has really been convicting for me. This is something I really struggle with because I, 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 I'm on, you know, I have a, a prideful heart and I know I do and I can certainly work on it. And so this message has really, really been convicting for me. So my sermon title for today is Courage in a Cancel Culture. And when I say that, some of you may know what cancel culture means, and some of you may have your own ideas or thoughts as to what it means. But for us to be on the same page this morning, I, I want to, to lay out the foundation of where I'm trying to go with this. And so in order to do that, I found a definition from Cambridge University, and this is how Cambridge defines cancel culture. Cancel culture is a way of behaving in a society or group especially on social media, in which it is common to completely reject and stop supporting someone because they have said or done something that offends you. So when I read that, I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense, but how do I make it more tangible? How do I make it to where, you know, we're all on the same page, we all understand where we're going with this? So I had a couple of guys that came to my mind. This is the first guy right here. You may know him, you may not know him. This is Michael Phelps. And I wish my body looked like that. <laughs> but this dude is an Olympian swimmer. Incredible swimmer, right? Like he's got, you know, he's conquered the world, conquered the swimming world. 
Unfortunately, he was photographed at one point during his career smoking marijuana. A ton of his sponsors said, we can't, ha- we can't have that. In fact, one of the big sponsors, Kellogg, just said, we can't, we can't be associated with you anymore. Not only that, but he caught a lot of heat on social media. In the early service, I had to define heat, and I don't know if, if some of you know what that means, but it's like when someone bashes somebody or, or they go against them. That's what the heat means. So he caught a lot of heat on social media. People canceled him. I'm not condoning what he did. I'm not saying that is right or wrong. I'm not taking that stance. I'm just making the point that people canceled Michael Phelps. Now, I know this is twice in two weeks that this gentleman has been mentioned, and I, I'm sorry, but I had to mention him because this is, the, this is a prime example of someone being canceled. This next guy right here. Like, if you're from Oklahoma and you didn't cancel Kevin Durant when he left the Thunder, then you're not a true Oklahoman. Like, <laughs> this guy, we can, we can clap for that, but we're going to get convicted here in a minute. Uh, this guy, this guy, this guy straight up, like, stabbed us in the back. People called him a snake. I was glad when he missed that shot in the last game, but again, I felt convicted. But this guy, this is a perfect example of cancel culture. Kevin Durant made a decision. He made a choice. One person decided he's not worthy anymore. He doesn't deserve our support. And before you know it, the whole state was like, yeah, we're on board with that. Forget that guy. But I have to wonder, is that what Jesus would want? Like, and I know it's silly. It's a ba- like he's a basketball player. I'm not saying you can't cheer on your team, but Is that what Jesus would want? Would Jesus want Michael Phelps to make a mistake and the whole world cancel him? I know it's kind of cliche, but WWJD, you know, what would Jesus do? You kind of have to ask yourself that. And I think we see that in our text, that blocking each other out because of our mistakes or because of our opinions is not the way we've been called to live our life, especially if we're here this morning. So what I want to do is I want to kind of walk back through our story this morning, kind of bring it to life, and then I've got an illustration that I'm going to have a couple guys help me out with. So let's go back to verse 3, okay? This is verse 3. This is what it says. And I was reading it at our men's lunch. And men's lunch, we kind of have, I've kind of created this rule of thumb, you know, it's like Vegas. What happens at men's lunch Men's lunch stays at men's lunch. But this was too good to not bring here. I told it to my parents. I was like, hey, is this funny? And they're like, no, it's not. But I got a laugh in the early service, so I'm going to try it again. (laughs) We were at men's lunch, and I was reading this, and I can't remember who said it. I'm not going to call them out. But I was reading this part, and it's when it got to the point of the woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, one of the gentlemen was like, well, how did they catch her in the act? Okay, so I shouldn't have said that one. I thought it was funny because, like, we pictured, you know, like, catching someone in the act of adultery would be a lot, like, rated R kind of stuff. The Bible is rated R sometimes, but all right. You guys still awake? Were you still good? Okay. Next time, I'm not going to tell that story. I'll skip over that. Anyways, we had this woman that's caught in the act of adultery, right? And then, and then we see the Pharisees in the next couple of verses. And this, they're like, ooh, we got Jesus right here. 
Because the law clearly states that this woman needs to be stoned. We've got him. We've got him right where we want him. There's no way he can get out of this. No way. I guess they forgot they were dealing with Jesus because verse 6, this is what happens. And this, this is where just the beginning of my conviction happened because I am so quick, man, like I talked about my pride, so quick to snap back at somebody. I have no problem. If you want to come at me, I'll go right back at you. But I don't think that's the way Jesus wants me to live. And so what he does here is so awesome to me because when the Pharisees said, oh, we got you, we got you right where he wants you, I would have been like, really? Come on, try me. And I probably would have said something dumb. But Jesus just, he doesn't say anything. He just stoops down and draws in the dust with his finger. I have to wonder, you know, there's sermons about what he was drawing. Some people say he was writing the sins of the Pharisees. Some people say other stuff, but I just think he was taking his time. Like, I think Jesus was genuinely just processing before he responded to the Pharisees. I talked about, or I briefly mentioned before I started, that no matter if this is your first time hearing the story or a thousandth time, something new will stick out. And this, this right here, this next part of the story, is what stood out to me the most, I think. Verse 7 they kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and he said, all right, well, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And that's typically where we would stop in the story, right? Like, oh, that's good, Jesus. Woo. Yeah. But this next part really, really got to me. Or the part that really isn't in the story, but I feel like Jesus kind of told me was, somebody had to pick up the first stone right? Like somebody in that circle made the decision and said, we are going to stone this woman. This woman needs to be stoned. Somebody bent over and picked up the first stone. And I can kind of picture it, right? We're in this circle. Somebody picked up the first stone, so somebody's like, okay, he picked up one. I'm going to pick up one too. Oh, we're really doing this? We're really about to kill her? Okay, I'm going to pick up one too. I never thought about it that way. Somebody had to pick up the first stone. And this part, too. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. So picture this. Woman caught in the act of adultery right here. She is surrounded with people who are ready to kill her. With stones, they're ready. I find myself too often wanting to help that woman, wanting to help someone who's being accused, but I want to do it from outside the circle. There's no chance I'm stepping in there. If people have stones in their hands ready to throw them, I'm not going in there. I'll help you from back here. And we see Jesus does the exact opposite. Jesus decides he's going to go stand in the middle. I mean, how easy would it have been for someone to throw one stone? I guarantee you everybody else would have started chunking stones. And Jesus would have been right there in the middle with that woman. That's courage. To me, that's courage. It's courage. It's love. And to me, that's what it would look like to have courage in a cancel culture. I'm not saying Jesus, Jesus clearly didn't agree with what the woman had done. It was a sin. 
But nonetheless, he stepped in and he showed her love. So I'm going to move to this illustration. I've invited Stacy Oldham and Mikey Higgins to come up here and help me. You guys can give them a round of applause. This is going to be perfect because I can pick on both of these guys. I'm not scared. Stace, I want you on this side. I changed my mind because you're going to be easier to pick on than Mikey. You're going to be on the other side. And while we're getting ready for this, I have to give a shout out to Nick Bailey. Nick created this. I had an idea, sort of, on Thursday, and I texted Nick. I was like, hey, I need you to build this by Sunday. And he's like, okay, I can do it. So everybody give Nick a round of applause. If you need any, need any woodworking done, Nick's your man. Bailey's woodworking, hit him up. So we have Stacy and Mikey here. Stacy and Mikey are in this beautiful friendship. They really love each other. You guys can act like you love each other right now. But this is, this is what happens in our society today. So Mike and Stacy are friends. I'm going to scoot by you, Mike. Stacy says something smart to Mikey. Go figure. And Mike's like, I can't believe Stacy said that about me. I can't believe he would say that. Stacy said that Mike's shoes were dumb, and Mike's like, I can't believe he would say that. Then Stacy takes to Twitter. He gets on Twitter and he says something, and Mike's like, Did Stacy really say that? I can't believe he said that. Then Stacy is seen supporting a public figure of some sort. And Mikey's like, man, he seriously supports him? He really supports her? How could he do that? We hold that one. Then Mike, the election comes up. He finds out who Stacy voted for. I can't believe he would vote for him. COVID rolls around. Stacy has an opinion, one way or the other. And again, I'm not saying which way is right, which way is wrong. But I can't, Mike's like, I can't believe he would choose or not choose to wear a mask. Then one of the biggest ones one of the ones that I feel like we do to each other here in the church. I can't believe he calls himself a Christian. After all these things he's done, he still has the audacity to call himself a Christian. Stacy, if you'll stand right here facing the pickets, Mike. So here's what we've done in our culture. This is what we've created. And now we want to try and have a relationship with one another. It's not going to work. They can't see each other, can't touch each other. But we expect to have a relationship with people. And as I was preparing for this sermon, a song kept popping into my head. And we're about to play the music video. And I, I just invite you, while this song is playing, to think about what kind of pickets you have up between you and somebody else. And do those things really matter? So think about, think about that as, as we listen to this song. There's a lyric in there. I don't know if you guys caught it or not. But it says, there's a sign on the door. It says, come as you are. 
but I doubt it. Because if we live like that was true, every Sunday morning pew would be crowded. So we come back to this relationship. Stacy calls himself a Christian. Mike's job isn't to decide if that's true or not. His, his job is to hold him accountable, to be there for him. But Mike's not the ultimate judge. We're not the ultimate judge. So drop it. Whether or not Stacy decided to wear a mask, and masks are extremely controversial, man. COVID was hard enough. And then we threw masks into the mix. Man, we were ready to go at each other about those. What eternal value does that have? Drop it. Doesn't matter who he voted for. Because whoever holds office isn't upstairs on the throne. So drop it. Doesn't matter who he supports. Has no eternal value. So drop it. Doesn't matter what Stacy said on Twitter. Doesn't matter. Drop it. And finally, it doesn't matter what other people say about you. Because if you know where you're worth, your identity truly comes from, comes from Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what the world says about you. So drop it. Now we find ourselves with no pickets, nothing blocking us. Maybe that was through prayer, forgiveness, patience. Maybe you had to check yourself like I have to. Learning to be humble, practice humility, to set aside your pride. Whatever you have to do to get to that point today, get to it. Because this is where you want to be, right here. A relationship that all that stands between you two is Jesus. Because when Jesus is here, you can still have a relationship with each other. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, guys. So I ask you, what are those pickets? What is it for you? And when you've identified those, ask yourself, what eternal value does that have? Does that really matter? So what, you drive a nice car? So what, you have a nice house? So what, you have the trendiest clothes? I'm not saying those things are bad. But if we let those things become dividers between us and other people, we've lost the battle. What eternal value does it have? I think it's time for us, if we call ourselves believers, if we call ourselves followers of, followers of Jesus, that we take up the courage and we stand up for people who are being canceled by the world. Because I am thankful that Jesus didn't cancel me. And man, he's had plenty of chances to cancel me. But he never did. So why are we canceling each other? And I really had to look at myself this week. If I'm canceling somebody, maybe they're not the problem. 
Maybe it's in here. So I don't, I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know your story. I don't know if you're just here because you had to be here. I don't know, but you're here, and you heard this for some reason. I heard it for some reason. But if we're tired of what's going on in the world, then we need to do something about it. And bickering at each other about things that don't matter isn't going to get it accomplished. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Man, if you want to find somebody that will never cancel you, no matter what you do, no matter what you've done, turn to Jesus. He's never going to leave you. So I invite you, if there's something that's going on in your life today, there's a picket and you are like, I need to drop that. The altars will be open. We'll have people at our prayer walls. But those pickets aren't going to come down by themselves. You have to confess it. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with somebody else. Be honest with the person you're trying to be in a relationship with. And just because somebody picks up a stone doesn't mean you have to, too. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning, God. I pray, Lord, that your message this morning will touch the lives of every single person here in this room, the ones watching online, God, the ones watching for a, a month from now, a year from now, Lord. God, change our hearts. We're so good at, at blaming other people for the problems, God, when, when maybe we're the problem. Maybe it's something inside us that's creating these pickets, that's creating this division, God. Because truth be told, those pickets don't matter. Those are things of this world, God, and your thoughts and your desires for our life is so much higher than that. So Lord, I pray that, that not a soul leaves this place today, God, without dropping those pickets, dropping whatever it is that's dividing us, Lord. Whether it's with a parent, a child, a grandparent, Maybe it's with somebody we don't even know, but we can't stand the fact that they tweeted that. We can't stand the fact that they support that. God, whatever it is, check our pride this morning and help us to realize that those things, the grand scheme of things, they don't matter. And Lord, finally, help us to have the courage that you had to stand up for the woman. You didn't stand up for her because you thought what she did was right. No, you thought what she did was wrong. It was a sin. But you had the courage because you loved her so much because she is just as much a child of God as I am and as we are. So who's to say we're better than somebody else? Lord, come into this place. Move us to be vulnerable and check our pride. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, 
please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.